Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. Today's theme, as I'm sure you've read by now, is hater medication. Let's go. I I once heard a comedian, I I can't really recall who, I wish that I did, but I don't. I I heard this comedian say that when young people spray graffiti on a wall, that it didn't impress him. He essentially said that it took very little guts to go out when it's dark and write something on a wall when you're sure no one is looking. He then said, which I loved, that if that same kid spray painted the windshield of a police car with two policemen sitting in it, that's when he would be impressed. (laughs) This sentiment applies elsewhere. How so? Well, the internet is a wonderfully sinister thing, kind of. For for weeks now, I've been debating on how to approach this. This has been tackled by so many, and it's so blatantly obvious. I wasn't sure I could say anything that hasn't already been said. But, but then the remark from that comedian resurfaced in my mind, and now I think I have it. The, the collective username to log into the internet for many people should be gutless wonder. Why? People love to hurt other people behind the curtain of anonymity. Under the cover of darkness, they spray paint cutting, judgmental, irresponsible, and hurtful things only because they know full well it'll never actually be traced back to them by those that they're attacking. I only can imagine, for example, from their dank basements, they can call beautiful and perhaps fragile young ladies imperfect in some way, or judge them physically, or judge their weight. Having personally accomplished nothing artistically themselves, they can sit there and still tell an artist that they have no talent. While doing nothing on a couch, they can tell an athlete that they're useless because they had a bad game or two. Meanwhile, It's probably safe to say that if directly in front of one of those young ladies, that artist or that athlete in an actual life setting, most of these people would say absolutely nothing, especially as they themselves in most cases are probably not wonderfully attractive, great artists, or remotely athletic. They're gutless wonders. Pointing out meanness is obviously no great revelation, but culturally, I truly believe that this forum on the internet is causing a change in the entire world, and it has for years now. It's no big secret that media as a whole is very opinionated, which it has the right to be, and that news media is as much of a business as those that use airtime for an actual infomercial. Something like Fox News or MSNBC are themselves essentially infomercials, just with sponsors. Both obviously are playing for a team and are reporting, quote, news with a swaying opinion 
visibly attached to it. But this viewer participation online angle is worse than any of this happening in itself. This takes it to an entirely new level of creepiness. We now live in an atmosphere where below each and every online news story is the opportunity for the rest of the mostly insane world to put in their two cents too. The ensuing train wreck has left the world with a sea of shallow waters where any dope with a computer is a self-proclaimed expert, critic, scholar, and journalist. What's most frightening about this to me is that now, uh, Edward Bulwer-Lytton's famous line about the pen being mightier than the sword is more rampant than ever. Online bullying is resulting in seen suicides. Children now get to read derogatory things about their parents. There's an unabashed racism right out in the open. And distasteful verbal smear campaigns are just commonplace. We get to read biased and generally misspelled thoughts of what we've called now haters on everything. And listen, while I'm not opposed to anyone having a voice, the issue here is that it is attached to the news. It's become a part of the news. For many, that is the news. Some people go straight down to the comments, don't even read the articles. Of course, I would never suggest saying something hurtful on purpose to anyone for the sheer joy of seeing them hurt in person is a good thing. Yet online, we completely encourage this as a society. We feed off this. We make ourselves feel better by putting down people that can't defend themselves against our specific comments, and we think we're cute in doing so. Receiving likes on these comments has literally become an addiction for many. Think about it. Where else are a lot of these mouthy, gutless wonders going to get vindication and acceptance at all in any realm, let alone for being overtly cruel? It comes down to this. Are we truly being funny when we anonymously slander people that we don't know? Or are we just actually that blatantly pathetic that we need to justify our own self-worth by tearing down somebody else who can't defend themselves? None of any of my media projects that I've ever been involved in, including this podcast, have ever included comment sections or forums that was done on purpose and it was done for this reason. I simply am not going to roll out the red carpet for the trolls who sadly are starved for attention. These, if they want to, can go into a back alley at 2 a.m. with a lookout and spray something nasty on somebody else's property and feel like they're tough for doing so somewhere else. But it's, it's not going to be on my projects. Attacking the creative or, or those we don't understand behind the wall of anonymity is just sad. You have to realize that the actions connected to creativity, for many, it's not a put on. For many, it's not optional. To be creative for some, it's like eating or breathing. And this is very difficult to explain when one isn't like that naturally, inwardly. 
And also because the, deg the degrees to which one is compulsively creative are obviously going to vary. For many people that I've known, myself included, uh, it's just a fact of life that things have to leave your person. There's too much going on internally. Without some kind of outlet for exploration and experimentation, one who's naturally creative to an extreme will feel caged if they can't express themselves somehow on a regular basis. That reminds me, I, I remember being young and having read a book that I took off my father's library shelves called Jungle for Sale by Edward Anthony. Um, it was a, a collection of real life stories told by Henry Treflick about his having been a seller of exotic animals. Now, this book comes to mind for two reasons. Number one, it was very much a period piece, which in itself was intriguing. But by the way, big warning if you decide to look this up, it's PETA's worst nightmare. I'm an animal lover and some of it's hard to read. When I was younger, maybe it was a little easier, but it's not now. There's nothing at all graphic in it, but it's way, way, way politically incorrect. So just a heads up there. Number two, the true stories of trying to successfully bring wild animals into places where they aren't supposed to be for various reasons, it always resulted in lighthearted, chaotic adventures. The obvious relatable aspect, of course, is the whole fish out of water consciousness, but also in the sense that in their cages and tanks, they, they must have longed to roam the parched plains or submerge into deeper waters. Hollywood tends to make cartoon characters out of the concept of an artist, where they're essentially extremes carefully designed for your entertainment. Either they're viewed with too much importance, or they're dismissed as strange to laughable levels. I don't subscribe to either of those depictions for the most part. Artists themselves, be they writers, musicians, painters, you name them, are individuals while some are probably living up to the Tinseltown agenda of what artists are supposed to look like and be like because they think that that's what they're supposed to do, others genuinely are people who, for whatever reason, just absolutely think differently. They see the world in a way that others might just find odd. That said, for me and many acquaintances of mine, the concept of actually being where you belong or home on this, wherever it is on this planet that we are, sometimes feels awkward, doesn't feel right. These may appear as just another guy in a bank line or on the freeway, nothing special and surely nothing out of the ordinary. Yet what lies beneath some of these people and beneath the surface is a non-stop artistic misfit that roams the streets like a lost lynx walking on the concrete of Little Italy or Chinatown. Of course, <laughs> minus the danger and the wonderful coat and, and maybe inserting suburbia instead for starters. Being viewed as weird to other people is great when it makes you cool. But if you aren't the standard of cool that many interpret as such, you're just weird. There are many people that are very much entirely in that realm. 
as such, my observation is that a great deal of people like this, they keep their artistic nature to themselves as being uncool is all they can handle without wanting the weird aspect to further define them. Others, they revel in the perceived weirdness because at the very least it gives them attention. But still others want to nail all these firmly to the wall by being all things to all people, which at some point becomes exhausting. No matter what the case, none of this automatically should make a person fair game to be criticized, taken apart, evaluated, or torn down by opinionated strangers. Let's close here. The old expression that if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. The, the internet didn't get that memo. It's a free-for-all. I personally suggest, and we can only do this one person at a time, we should look around and see the real people that others are too afraid to show you. Embrace the things that make other people who they are. When the cool factor is taken out of the equation, it's amazing how completely intriguing regular old normal people can be. M movie stars and rock stars are real people. They are overexposed real people. So be balanced. Don't be overtly impressed by the fame of others. And at the same time, remember that when they fall down and they scrape their knee, it hurts them too, just like it hurts you. All of us are real people. Even if we purposely project ourselves as something that we're not, there's a reason for that too, because we are all living, breathing people. And hey, don't, ask, don't underestimate the guy in that bank line or on that freeway. There are many lambs out there with hearts of lions, yet because they lack the capability to roar and realize that they probably would look silly to most attempting to do so, they keep quiet. They keep their voices to themselves, but that doesn't mean they're not amazing. Their individual characteristics, while mostly hidden, can be as mesmerizing as the Panamanian golden frog. What's going on with that? Well, the Panamanian golden frog has no ears and listens through its lungs. But my guess is that if we saw him hopping around out there, do you know what we would see? Just another frog. And that's sad. We have once again arrived at a time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that is a play on our theme. We will be serving up medication to the haters to give them a taste of their own medicine. We have for you this time around a Refresher Podcast Hater Medication Playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Hater Medication. Let's get right into it. Track number one is a freaky 1960s thing by Kim Fowley called The Trip to get us off to the races. Number two, Roxy Music, and the song is called Love is the Drug. Take that, you Monday morning quarterbacks. 
Number three is the song Pills. This is the version by the New York Dolls. Number four, A Shot in the Dark by Henry Mancini. Seriously, one of the coolest instrumentals of all time. Number five is the band Luna with the song Anesthesia. How does that grab you, you armchair critics? This, this, actually, this song actually has kind of a Velvet Underground feel to it, at least to me at times. Number six is Doctor's Orders by Sonic Youth. Number seven is the second of three instrumentals on this list. This time it is Kraftwerk with the track Vitamin. Number eight is the song Medicine by the L.A. band Broken Bells. You know, I, I think you go ahead and you can just put that in your cigar and smoke it, you shade-throwing, belittling weasels. Number nine, another instrumental track by the Chemical Brothers called Prescription. Actually, it's called Prescription Beats. Forgot about the beats. Prescription Beats. And you know what? Deal with that. You internet vilifier wannabe Judge Judy arbiters. Number 10, Modest Mouse, with a very atmospheric song called Medication. That is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Hater Medication. Here's some cool stuff. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Uh, in addition to all the different countries and places all over, our demographics report shows that we now also have listeners in Louisville, Kentucky. We are so happy you're here. Thanks so much. Welcome to Refresher. Uh, this show would simply not exist without our listeners, obviously. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be awesome. Let people that you think might like it know about us. Maybe they can use it. Maybe, you know, just be something for them to enjoy. Feel free to make reference to this on your social media if you're comfortable doing that. If not, no worries. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, only if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. It can be as low as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, if it's something you want to do, that would be great. But if you don't, whether you do or you don't, it doesn't matter. Just please feel free to listen to this show, enjoy it anytime, and don't worry about it. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, though, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.